The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As children, we are forever asking the question, why? Yet, at some point, as we move into adulthood, the question gets easily answered with something similar to, just because. Why did we stop asking why? Welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show, a program where we not only strive to answer those why questions, but we'll find out how to ask more and not settle for just because. Now, here's Mickey Ellison. Good morning and welcome to the Mickey Ellison Show. I'm glad that you have joined us. If you're if you're listening, if you're listening, you know you joined us. But hey, before we get to the guest today, got some uh, announcements to make. And uh, our guest will, will fuss at me when he gets on to as to why it took me so long to get this done. If you are trying to find out more about the Mickey Ellison Show, uh, you can visit MickeyEllison.com. There is a website. It exists now. You can also um, contact me via the website or you can email. We've made it easy now. It's Mickey at MickeyEllison.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. You can follow the show on Facebook. I've also on the website posted a few uh, a few essays that I have written. Um, one one of which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, I if you when you read those posts, you will find that sometimes they have they, they tend to go a little bit more towards uh, economics and towards politics. That will not always be the case, but. My my, what I do for an actual living is financial planning. So I have, uh, I think, some expertise in in those areas. And um, you know, I, I we looked at the Myra. If you know, don't know what the Myra is, it the, it is a, uh, a retirement vehicle that the president introduced during a State of the Union address. You can go read about that. We talk about greed, envy, and taxes. One that uh, I I think is pretty interesting, and I thought all of them were interesting since I wrote them. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's will, and what we're going to talk about today, and that is the solution. With me today, we have Nathan Jett, otherwise known as Nate Jett or Mike Jett, depending on what part of the country you live in. Uh, Nathan is an accomplished, I'm going to read your, your bio, Nate. Nathan is an accomplished media consultant with a bachelor's degree in business administration management and has over two decades of media and marketing experience. Um, it says down in here that you uh, have a persuasive personality. You got me to do a radio show. A strong work work ethic, and uh, has led to success in sales, marketing, and business development. There's more things we can talk about, Nathan. Uh, I can read about Nathan, but you know, I really stopped on that last one, Nathan, uh, because your success in sales, marketing, and business development is probably what is causing the most amount of angst in working with me. Hey, man, welcome to the show. It is going great, going great. So uh, uh, Nathan was on the show, actually the very first show. If you're interested in listening to any of those shows, I forgot to miss, mention this in the, uh, in the promo as we're getting started. But if you go back and you, you can listen to any show that, that has been aired in the past, um, Nathan came on, was nice enough to come on the first time to talk about the purpose of the show. And it's interesting you're back, Nate, because I think the purpose of the show may have shifted just a little bit from where we started. 
Yeah, you know, you've got a really good uh, thing that you were talking about or emailed me about, and I agree with you, and I've always been an optimist. So um, you know, you're wanting to go into an area where we talk about the positive. Now, I used to do a talk show called Rant and Rave Radio, and I'd lead with the rant, talking about all the negative out there, and then I would follow it up with uh, the rave of talking about the things in society that are good where people got their head and their heart in the right place. So. Uh, I was really liking the direction that you took on that. Yeah, I, I was actually, it, it's funny, if you look at the introdu- introduction to the show and, and talking about kids and how those kids uh, sometimes educate us when we're trying to educate them. And, um, you know, I actually had a lesson th- this weekend that I learned. Um, I coach a 14-year-old baseball team. We've had this team for, I guess it's going on eight years now. Um, we Five years ago, we changed the name to, to Kids in God's Service, and in and, and short, they're called the Kings. Um, most of it was to talk about teaching them how to serve and, and, and those types of things. Well, I'm extremely competitive. I played college baseball at, at Vanderbilt University, played in the SEC, and man, I have a certain work ethic and a certain way that I, I, I think the game should be played, and, and you know, it. sometimes you get to thinking, well, it, I, I'm always right about this thing. Well, this past weekend, Nate, we... We're playing in a tournament, got the fort, got the kids. The first day, they were just awful. I can't explain to you how bad they played. And in between games, um, we played two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. In between the two games on Saturday, man, I lit into them. I don't cuss the kids out or, or, or call them names and all these things, but it was just frustrating to me to look at, you know, when a kid makes a, makes an error and their head goes down and they start pouting and, and – uh, I it's thought a down, my it's, great, a downward, it's a downward spiral, it seems like. It, it is. And I really thought that what I was doing was the right thing, only to find out when we came out in game two, they played worse. And that night, as I'm sitting in my house, and I'm trying to figure out what can I do, what can I do, and I finally, it finally dawned on me, you know what the kids were doing, Nate? They're feeding they were doing, of you. They were doing exactly what we were doing as coaches, and I finally realized they're 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 going to follow us. They're looking us to us for guidance and what what we're doing out here. And you know, I I stopped it. I started. I had a meeting with our, our three other coaches um, before we met with the kids, and I said, you know, guys, as much as I want to blame these kids for how they're playing and how they're reacting, they're all they're doing is emulating us. They're doing exactly what we do when they make a mistake and and what we have to do as adults and as as leaders and as mentors we have to take these opportunities as teaching opportunities but we have to show no emotion when they make a when they make an error when they do these things and man we had a conversation about that we also talked about what the real meaning of our team was and and how it's about service and this is going to come in line with what we're going to talk about later on the show but how how service is is what uh they're about and as a teammate you're looking to serve your your uh your teammates your other teammates and if um you know if you take a baseball team i don't care if you have nolan ryan out there pitching for you if you have him by himself without the other eight guys he's going to lose every time he steps on the field so it's always about serving. It's always about, 
you know, Nate, you make the last out of an inning. You don't have to come all the way back to the dugout. Somebody just automatically brings you your glove and stuff to you. Well, we had that conversation. We really structured what we were doing pregame. It was not yelling or anything like that, but we really structured it. And guess what they what they did in the following two games, Nate? Well, I, I, you've already told me uh, about this some degree. They, the the whole entire experience was different for them because it, it was uh, it wasn't stressed. It, it wasn't uh, stressed, and, and, they, and uh, they, the outcome was different because your input was different. Well, they have a ton of talent. We did wind up winning both games on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday, but Sun that wasn't really what I was most excited about and what had happened on that took place. I watched the way they played the game. They played the game with joy. You know, they and you could see it because in, in the first inning, one of our, our our shortstop does make an error, and he he starts to now, put this his is head what down. You were telling me about yesterday, which I thought was the incredible part of it, because. You see so many coaches. I mean, you can even see it on the uh, Kids World Series uh, things. I watch that on TV each year. Uh, they're really emotionally and really bark pretty loud out there, and I've never yeah. cared for that part of it, actually. But well, it's uh, easy I to thought do. what you did was really great. And our shortstop made an error in the, in the first inning, and he started to put his head down, and you could I, – I was actually cognizant of the fact of what he was doing. He looks over at me, and I just smiled at him. And we wound up getting out of that inning. We they went the first five innings without even giving up a run. Had a kid, uh, and, and this isn't meant to be a baseball show, but when when you're when you hit a ground ball to the infield and you're running out the bases, you you know you've been told if you played any baseball, you run straight through the base, right? Right. There's a little more to just to that when you start getting to higher levels. When you run through the base, you actually break down and look to your right because if there's an overthrow. You will wind up. You will know whether you can go or whether you need to stay. You're not dependent. You know, at 14, you're not dependent on the the coach to make that decision because, frankly, sometimes the difference between being out and safe at second base is a split second decision that if you're waiting on the coach to tell you to go is going to cause you to be out. Right. And right. the the kid didn't make didn't turn turn to his right. He takes off to second base, and my lord, he got threw up by at least ten steps. And it was—he got threw up by so much, it was hard to even get mad. It was—you just had to laugh at it. But when he came over, he was—he was putting his head down, and I finally reached over and put my arm around him. I said, "I said, Dominic, that Dominic's the name of the kid." I said, "Dom, you know, did, did anybody just die?" The thing that just happened is, yes, you made a mistake. You didn't take a look to the right, but you know what just happened? You learn something. You learn that you do need to take that learn that look to the right. Learn from it. The the best thing that happened in that is you got through out, and now you will probably look to the right every time you cross first base. And that's what it what what that is about. But it, it's talking about service. Um, you know, let, let's let's talk a little bit about success. And that's what I put on as the show description that will show up later. And I, it's my fault that it's not there right this minute because I was late getting I try, it. To I try to get that pushed on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking a fr- little bit bad right now, but uh, unfortunately no, the guy possible. that does those uh, had, had uh, left already and uh, wasn't able to. So. Well, no, it's it's actually not your fault. It's mine because I didn't get it to you until after he till before or after he left. But anyway, we let's talk about success and, and let's talk about what. Um, 
what what we see and, and, and see. the the idea of success I think comes from from seeing people whom we think are successful in the article that I have written is posted on mickeyellison.com you can read more about this but you know who are who are the people that that we look at as as successful people a lot of times they're they're athletes they're they're uh, business leaders sometimes uh, more often than not they're they're uh, stars or celebrities at some point in time. You know, I went through and, and doing the research that I did for the paper that I wrote yesterday on on Instagram, and you can see the top fifty. I just listed some of the names on, on Instagram as far as the uh, who the most popular people are. And Justin Bieber, Kim Kardashian. Um, I'm actually going to Chloe Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian. Um, there was a uh, Kylie Jenner. I don't know who that is. I'm showing my age. Miley it's Cyrus. Of the, it's, a, it's part of the Kardashians. It's Bruce Jenner's daughter. <laughs> it's the other two that were that uh, that he has. So, but but we we look at those people and we we think of that as success. And I, I often wonder. What, no, we don't. A, <laughs> no, we we don't. But we but don't. It, <laughs> what is what is pushed often though is what is it? it what is, is that perceived. image? You know, what, what, what does, does it look like? Sure, and you know, we always you know the perception is that we would we want to be rich, we want to be famous, and I'm not saying don't be rich and famous. That's not the problem. But something something is missing because if it wasn't missing, if it wasn't missing, you would not have so many celebrities that that wind up in rehab. They have alcohol problems. They resort to, to to sexual deviance, or worst case scenario, they they wind up dead. And and, and you know some examples of those that that did wind up wind up dead. Um, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, um, the Joker, the Joker from from the one Batman movie. Also, I think the first time I saw Heath Ledger was what was it uh, the Patriot with Mel Gibson? Uh, and, yeah, I've seen him and. Uh, another one I can't. Uh, anyways, yeah, the guy was uh, the guy was a great actor. In fact, the the role that he played in, in as the Joker in Batman was was spectacular. I I don't see how doing that wouldn't make you a little crazy anyway. But uh, you know, what do you think is missing in in, in their lives? Well, you know, a uh, connection to uh, God, and that's my personal thing. Is they've taken up. Uh, mammon, <laughs> you know, me and you uh, are uh, spiritually connected. Uh, you know, whenever we sit down and talk, we are a faith-based uh, individuals. But when you you can you can't serve God and Mammon both. And I mean, you've got to have that grounded part in you to understand those that first. But a lot of people do get off track. Even even the best of Christians do, as far as I'm concerned. But um, uh, it's. I, I just think that they get off track and uh, they're lost. That's what the biggest the thing is. And while they think because of their fame and stardom and things of that, they get into this act of entitlement uh, instead of gratitude, and they lack the ability to humble themselves. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, go ahead. That's that's personally what I think comes into it. It, it sets a trap for them to put them into situations because they do think that they are going to live forever. I think we all want, you know, uh, to believe that uh, we're going to live, outlive everybody, but the bottom line is we're not going to outlive anything. Our days <laughs> are numbered. 
So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and how you might... live every one of those days is important. So. Well, and I, I went on, and, and you there's there's books out. There's there's heck, there's thousands of seminars you can pay thousands of dollars to go to. And, and there's television shows. If you stay up late at night, you, you see all these these uh, guys to success, the guys to success. And I'm not. I, I'll go through actually on my um, in the writing that I I have on my website, and that's MickeyEllison.com. You can find what I I title as the solution. But in the, in that article, it it I uh, I found on a website. I've given the website is www.pickthebrain.com. Um, it talked about some of the things that that are needed for success, things you have to do to 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 be successful. And these things are true. But there's, I believe, something that is actually missing many times from from those things. But you know, the number one thing they said you've got to it says do and dare. What does do and dare mean, Nathan? That means you got to be willing to uh, to to try to do something. You've got to be willing to to put yourself out there and take a risk that that you might just fail. And um, that's true. You actually have to go out and fail. Um, in my business that, that I actually do for a living, uh, financial planning, um, I have 15 years' experience in this industry. And after much frustration, last year, we or two years ago, we went and did, I did some research, and we wound up creating a couple of strategies that I think are absolutely fantastic that, that uh, in fact, you know, it's actually been successful enough, Nate, where it's getting in the way of me trying to do a radio show. And when we look at those different areas, I'll just go through the, the seven, and we'll talk a little bit more when we get back from the break. But uh, it's do and dare. The second thing that it says for that you have to do for success is double your failure rate. Basically, means you got to be willing to fail. Use your will. You need determination and commitment. Excellence is required. Vision is necessary. And you got to go to the success. You can't wait for it to to come to you. Um, we're going to talk more about those when we get back from from the break. I want to remind you, if you're just tuning in, you can visit the website MickeyEllison.com to to listen to any of the shows. This one will be archived a little bit later on the on the website as well. But there's shows that we have in the past. We had Dr. Smith from uh, Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And if you didn't hear listen to that show, you need to go back and listen to it because what you think is the cause of your your uh, high prices in healthcare and health insurance is probably not not really true. We have Whitney Neal from Freedom Works to talk about Common Core, Mike Slater to talk about Liberty Tree. When we get back, though, Nathan and I are going to talk more about long term success. And and before the end of the show, I'm going to give you what I believe doesn't make me right, but it's what I believe is the number one key to long-term success. Folks, we'll be back in a minute. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit marchofdimes.com 
and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show, and I'm going to correct what was said right there at the, in, in the intro. You can actually email me, mickey at mickeyellison.com. It's much easier to remember Want to uh, let you know the there's a you can visit the website it's mickeyellison.com. There's uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. Uh, you can read some interesting posts that talk about the MyRA, uh, greed, envy, and taxes. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, you can listen to every show that ha- has aired prior to this one, um, and, and you can go back and, and hear some great things on. On the website, and we look to be doing a whole lot more. I look for feedback from some of the things I've written on there because that tells me whether I'm completely off base or not. Because no one's no one has died and made me right. Um, before we today, I have uh, uh, Nate. Um, Nathan is with us, Nathan Jet, and I consider Nate to be a friend. Not even though he talked me into doing a radio show about about <laughs> six months ago. Um, but we have become friends through this process, and we we do think a, a lot alike in situations. But when, when we went to the break, I had just I listed off what uh, a website that I found, and you can find this website on my web, on my website uh, that talks about seven life changing keys to success. They are do and dare. Double your failure rate. That means be willing to actually fail because, like I tell the kids when I'm coaching them in baseball, uh, it, when you make a mistake is the opportunity to learn. If you're perfect, you don't even need coaches. Um, use your will. You got to have determination and commitment. You've got to decide that, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to stop at nothing to achieve it. I'm going to make adjustments as I go. You've got to strive to be the best that you can possibly be. You know, that may be striving to be the best, period. You may not actually reach that. Um, and once you do reach it, if, you, if, you're, if you're successful at it, you got to work even harder to keep it because somebody else is coming after your spot. you got to have vision. you got to be able to visualize what, what you're going to do for, 
what success looks like, and then you got to go to it. I think there's one thing that's really missing from that, and you're going to have to wait to get to hear what I think. That Actually, two things. Um, let's talk about long-term success. I, I'm a baseball guy, and I'm going to – and a sports guy, and, and uh, you will have other people that you can look at on this, but let's think about um, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is shortstop for the New York Yankees. Um, this is his, his final year. I remember, Nate, when Derek actually got when, – when he was when he was drafted, because um, I was actually playing at the same time. That tells you how old Derek Jeter is because I have – let's see, 1993 was my last year, and he got drafted by the Yankees, and I was still playing. Now, yeah, Derek you're, Jeter, you're, you're old. <laughs> you do it. Can I tell how old you are? Actually, I don't really know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, all right. That, that just means we're, we're like fine wine, right? That we get better, get we better as we go. Yeah, uh, at least that's what uh, we want. Unfortunately, in baseball, it doesn't work that way. You kind of <laughs> break down over time. <laughs> your body, your body breaks down about the time you realize how how uh, what to do when you're playing. When right, you know exactly right. what you need to do, your body will not let you do it. But Derek Derek Jeter has had one of the greatest careers. Good heavens, the guy got into the big leagues, and, and I think. The, like four or five of his first years in the big leagues, he played in the World Series. And not only did he play in the World Series, he won World Series uh, rings. Now, another player that came along at the same time who probably has better statistics, um, has more power, and, and will be remembered totally different than Derek Jeter is Alex Rodriguez. Now, does Alex Rodriguez probably deserve all the bashing that he gets? Probably not. But... In the end, I don't know. Derek, uh, I, <laughs> I'll debate that with you if you want me to. No, we don't because, need to. <laughs> but, because yeah. uh, some of that he's brought on to himself. But he uh, has brought a lot of it on to himself. Um, but, Derek, uh, pride, pride before the fall, right? It is anyway. pride before the fall, and, and and I, being a former player, do not. Um, I, I don't knock those guys quite as much as some others will for for having taken steroids um and i'll get to that in in a second as to why i believe that but jeter is probably going to wind up in the hall of fame he'll be a first ballot hall of famer five years from now and alex rodriguez will be remembered for the guy that cheated along with uh, a number of others um <laughs> yeah. you know i'm trying to think of his name right now played for asu gosh am i barry bonds Barry Bonds. Well, I have him listed down here. I mean, you're going to have people that, that will, at the same time frame as Barry Bonds, you also had Ken Griffey Jr. You have Mark McGuire. Now, Ken Griffey Jr. is going to be remembered as a great baseball player. Barry Bonds is going to be remembered as the guy that, that took steroids and really cheated to get to 755 home runs, whatever. I don't remember what the number was. And Mark McGuire. Um, you got Greg Maddox versus Roger Clemens. Um both of them great pitchers. Greg Maddox is going to be a first ballot hall. He's already in the Hall of Fame, I think. And yeah. Roger Clemens will de- probably never get in. And, Jason and he Giambi, had a, another great one. Yeah, the list can go on and on and on. But before you really go in and judge those guys, before you really judge them, Nate, you got to think about it as an 18 or 19 year old kid. And I actually did witness some guys take steroids. You know what? The reason I didn't take it because I really was too scared to. T- that I would get caught. How these guys never got caught, I had no idea. Well, well but, if I was telling the story, Mickey, I'd say I was, I, you know, I, I, I knew better. <laughs> but you're well, right. I did, <laughs> I did know better. Scared but was probably the right. <laughs> well, you probably were scared because you knew it was wrong. That's, that's, that's the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but think about it as a as a twenty two year old kid or nineteen year old kid. You're in single A, which is you know before you get to the big leagues. There's two. You and one other guy are the prime prospects for third base for a fifteen twenty year career. That guy is taking steroids, and you are not. Now, in my heart, I'd like to sit here and say, you know what? I would never take the steroids, but I might also look at it from the standpoint, and it kind of goes with what we call success today, what what looks like success and a lot of money and a lot of fame. The guy taking the steroids is going to wind up getting a contract possibly for $20 million a year and play 10 years in the big leagues and wind up being rich and famous. But in the end, chances are his body is going to break down even more so than ours, and, and, and he's, he may actually wind up dead. And if nothing else, if they find out, he's going to wind up with, a, with an awful, awful reputation and, and, and never be remembered for the greatness that the, the guy actually had. You know, Barry Bonds is, is a guy that, with or without steroids, the guy was a great player, and, but he was made better. He used, you know, he used to make that argument that you will uh, – Taking steroids does not allow, does not make you a great hitter, and that is true. But now you could go and give Hulk Hulk Hogan steroids. I bet he still can't hit a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. But yeah, you, there, there, there's uh, there's a certain amount of skill uh, involved. But uh, if you, I mean, it's 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 natural born ability. It's God's gift to you with whatever it is, whether it's baseball or. Uh, in my case, it was recognizing good quality air talent like yourself. <laughs> well, <we'll laughs> time will tell on that one. <laughs> but uh, I, and I and I and I jest. I think you're a great talk show host. I think you're getting better. Obviously, there's areas that we're working on improving. But uh, everybody has their own strengths. But uh, all of us are susceptible to uh, you know our weaknesses too. Sure, and, and, and looking. Being strong, uh, what I was going to say is being strong sometimes is recognizing what it is and and choosing the right ways uh, in that path. It's not easy. Uh, Life expects a lot out of us. No, I mean, and you've got that 22-year-old kid looking at his dream since he was five was to play in the big leagues. And whether I take this shot or not might be the difference between whether I, I make it or not. And, you know, you know. The, what what I was going to get to with like a Barry Bonds is that yes he was a great hitter before he took steroids taking steroids just made him a better hitter because now he was able to hit with with power and and besides I don't know of anybody who after a certain age whose head grows normally grows even more um, because and and if you've seen pictures of him lately is is actually shrunk some more I'm sorry I, I've gotten off. Uh, base there, but let, let's talk about success. And I, I'm going to hit on it um, in in this segment. What what I think is the key to long term success, and the key I believe to long term success can be found in and my my worldview. And we all come at things from our own personal worldview. So understand that as I'm saying this, it's coming from a Christian worldview. But if you will follow me. Far enough down this road, you'll realize that some of these these two things are actually universally true. At least I believe them to be universally true. The number one thing, and I learned this more so teaching the kids on our baseball team. I said the number one thing that will lead to long-term success is serving others. Now, for those of us that are Christian, um, there it, it should be obvious to us. Now, now it's not easy to do. You know, there's stuff in in, in our religion that talks about 
you've got to, you know, it's easy to love your, your, uh, your friend. The hard part's loving your enemy um, and serving your enemy. But I'm going to read a couple verses from, from Scripture. And if you are, I mean, if you're not Christian, don't, don't bug out right now because we're going to get to um, what I believe as far as service. And the other is actually just the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But Matthew 23, 11 says, but the greatest among you shall be your servant. And when I read that, I'm going, well, wow, I'm supposed to be, if I'm a servant, I'm great. But in reality, the most important person um, to us are those that are actually serving us. Think about, think about your kids, Nate. You have kids. I have kids. And we are the most important people in their lives. What do we actually do for our kids? And we do it without question. Uh, you love them. I mean, that's, you know. That's one of them, but we serve them, do we not? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> More times than, uh, yeah, it's a never-ending thing there. Well, and and, and you, you hope that they will emulate that in how they will treat their children when they, when they get um, old enough to have kids of their own if they have kids. And also looking at, um, you know, taking our kids out, looking at the most successful businesses that have existed for, for a long period of time. Um, our, our groups that have been out there, I, I have at, at the beginning of my show sometimes a, a little clip from Bon Jovi. And and, and Bon Jovi, I, I, if John Bon Jovi and I got here and started talking politics, we'd probably disagree on everything. But the one thing you can't take from that guy is success. He is, they have, he, they started a long time ago and, and you see plenty of guy uh, people who, uh, who disappear? You know, there's one that disappeared a long time ago. It was uh, they. The song was called "Oh Mickey, You're So Fine." I don't even remember who the person was that wrote that song. I just oh, there, there's unlimited amount of one hit wonders uh, out there for sure. Yeah, that that, that, I, that was in eighth grade when that song came out. I really appreciated that, by the way, that you that, that I had to hear that going going into baseball games and basketball games, walking into school. But but Bon Jovi, let's take another. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles would be a different one to look at. Been around for a really 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 long time. Um, let's look at Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, and we talk about what they do. Um, you know the the creator and founder of Apple, right? Didn't he found Apple? And right. and I his he will be remembered long term. There's another guy that you talk about the business aspect that will not be remembered long term for what he wanted to be maybe wanted to be remembered for is Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, yes, he got rich. What made him famous was was running a Ponzi scheme and, and stealing people's money. But what what you will find that most things that are successful long term, what they figured out how to do was how to provide people with what they wanted, what they needed. And are, are what they needed, and it's service. It's service. Think about your favorite restaurant, whatever that might be, Nate. Um, if what causes us to go back to that to that restaurant is maybe the service, maybe the food, maybe the atmosphere. We're all looking for different things. I'm the kind of guy I don't care what the what it looks like in the building within reason, as long as the food is good. There's a good chance I'm coming back. There are other people that will look and want to see the presentation of the food. And I say, I don't understand this, but they want it to look pretty on the plate. 
Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, to each his own. But what those people are doing for each and every one of us is they're serving us. You know, Philippians 2, um, 3, 3, verse 3 and 4 says, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. And well, I'll if, tell you, I, I've got into a habit, and I didn't want to necessarily interrupt you there in mid-thought, but uh, you, you're talking about the service industry. And I, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to point this because we all fall trapped to it, but you, you ever find yourself that whenever something uh, turns bad, like uh, you're talking about uh, a restaurant, you get something that's not quite cooked to your satisfaction, and uh, the main thing is you want to get mad. Uh, and, you know, start a scene, you know, uh, or, or maybe not want to start a scene, but, you know, basically you're, you're going down the wrong thought process on there. But how many times have you been served, had excellent service, and didn't acknowledge it when you got that exceptional service? Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of guy that if I get bad service, I'm going to let you know the manager, not because I'm necessarily uh, bent and my experience is ruined, Although that you know that can happen, uh, by and large, I, all I want them to know is so that they can fix it, so it doesn't happen to somebody else. And I really do come at it from that standpoint. But, but one you, thing I do is, for every time I get exceptional service, I make sure I go to them with the same spirit I have when I have bad service to make sure that they're complimented and that person is recognized for for my experience. And I think a lot of people don't take the time. It's like they it's expected. And there's a lot of people that work hard behind the scenes and, and, and don't get the credit uh, that for the hard work that they do. And I make it a point to do that, but I, I'm sorry for ruining the, uh, that. No, no. There, it's just doing like doing this radio show. You and I are sitting here talking. People hear us. But without the people in the background, whether it be Randy or Justin or, or, or Brad or whoever else is out there helping us, this show doesn't exist without them. There's you. You're not going to hear us if you're dependent on mine. At least I'll admit for mine. I, I think Nathan's in the same boat. Our ability to work technology and make things show up on the air. Um, this show is probably not going to last very long. But <laughs> folks, we, we're coming to the end of this segment. What I really want to hit on in the last segment is is, is even more serious. We're talking about uh, we're talking about the solutions, but we're you know the solution isn't always just looking to to the solution for success, but how can it impact in a, in a much broader um, standpoint? How can it, how can it actually improve society? You know, serving others and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you will go a long way in creating a better world. Folks, we're at the end of the break. If you want to find out more about Mickey Ellison, look up MickeyEllison.com. You can follow it on Twitter. You can follow it on Facebook. You can read posts that we have out there, and uh, we'll talk some more when we get back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at money-planning.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. You can also email Mickey Ellison at mickey at mickeyellison.com if you can't remember the the one that was just, just told to you. The, the Mickey Ellison website is up and running. Um, Nathan Jett is with me today who has been fussing at me for a long time to actually get a website out there. He says it'd be a lot easier to promote your show if you actually had a website. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show on Facebook. You can read some essays, and I really look forward it, to those of you that do take the time to go out and, and read some of those a- essays about the MyRA um, taxes, Philip Seymour Hoffman's will, which I thought was, to me, was very interesting. You can listen to past shows. You can hear about um, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma and, and how free market healthcare actually works. I'm not going to continue on that for any longer. I want to get back to the subject at hand. We've been talking about uh, success and what I, you know, we went through seven, from one website I found, the seven life chain uh, changing keys to success, which is to to do or dare, double your failure rate, use your will. Um, you need determination and commitment. Excellence is required. Vision is necessary, and go to success. But all those things will lead you to success in many things that you're achieving. Will but will it be lasting success? And I believe the only way to lasting success is to truly serve others. And if you're going to be successful in business, if you're going to be successful as, as a mom, as a child, it doesn't matter what, is that, what it is. If you're going to be remembered positively, the way you're going to be remembered is if you serve others. And as a Christian, we're supposed to do that. I believe that uh, um, 
those of you that aren't Christians, let's let's go from it from just a normal standpoint, not as a Christian. Although, again, my world—that's my worldview. That's where my experience and my life has uh, helped to to create or or help me to become who I am today. But there are two things: serve others, and the other is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And in 1964. The war on poverty officially began in the United States. And prior to the war on poverty start, and it's not like poverty didn't exist before them, but the United States finally made, an, made a concerted effort, as it was trying to, and I think this was done with good intentions, to address poverty. And in, in that, we got uh, Medicare and Medicaid, um, food stamps were, came into existence, and all of this sounds good. And in the beginning, it seemed to have actually worked really well because in um, poverty, the poverty rate based off of how they determine what poverty is, the, the government, the poverty rate dropped from 17.3% to 11.1% by 1973. The problem that we have today is it's remained between 11% and 15.2% every, ever since then. And it's not that I don't think that the war on poverty is, is not a – uh, an effort that should be taken, but what I'm going to go to is let's look at the the service. Let's look at the uh, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I believe, Nathan, I believe the answer to poverty. While we will always be fighting to to keep people out of poverty, the answer is local. It's doing what you know as a, as a baseball coach. One of the things I teach the kids is. To uh, you know, they'll, they'll get upset about things that happen in, in a game, and and I tell them, look, guys, you have to control what you can control. Can you control if a ball hits a rock and takes a bad hop and you make an error? Can you control what the umpire behind the plate causes a strike? And and for those of you that do coach baseball or coach little league sports, let me remind you of one thing: if you're coaching 14-year-old baseball or 12-year-old baseball or 10-year-old baseball, you got to overlook the umpires a little bit because for the most part they stink. They're not going to be very good at it. But you know what they are doing? They're providing a service that allows you to actually play the game because you couldn't. But let's think about poverty from from a local level. Um, in churches, in synagogues, in your local groups, whatever it might be, if we all made a concerted effort to be able to help those people that are in our local area, we've got to find them. They've got to be willing to come to us. Um, but but we could – Nathan, you and I are doing okay financially. We could probably take a family and, and actually sponsor them versus sending our money and for you, I don't know how many miles it is to Washington, D.C., but it's about 1,500 or so from, from Wichita. Does it make any sense? To send our money down to over to Wichita for our states to go back and cities to go back and beg for the money to come back when in the first place, if we really knew what was going on in our neighborhood, we would never need to send it to Washington in the first place because there's nobody that knows better what's going on um, as far as poverty is concerned than those that actually live in the area. And it starts with family. It starts with knowing your family. Is there anybody that that's in your family that lives in poverty? What are we doing to help them? Those are things that we can control. We cannot. I cannot control um, poverty in a city in the city of Seattle. But what I can control is helping one person in the city of Wichita, or helping one person in the state of Kansas, or, or helping a family member. If we all did that, we would see poverty instead of 
stopping at 11%, which is what it dropped to after uh, in 1973, we might see it at 7, 8, 9%. But what we've done is we've taken what I believe is a responsibility for each and every one of us, which is to take care of those that need to be, that are less fortunate. We've pawned that off to government, and then we wonder how it, it can be so messed up. Well, you know, there's a little uh, there's a little fable to uh, there. It was you ever uh, read the story, and I can't remember everything, but I know the gist of it, which is making rock soup. And when a person first comes in, they set up this pot in the middle of this village, and he sticks a rock in the bottom of the thing and puts the water over the fire. And each person comes along and adds a little bit of carrot, a little bit of potato, a little bit, and then at the end, after everybody's contributed. It's a wonderful stew, and he takes the rock out, and then they eat the stew. And of course, I know that's kind of disgusting, but I, and I've probably uh, uh, done that story no justice. But it kind of goes into the concept: is we all have something to contribute to make a wonderful uh, pot of stew that that feeds everybody. And it, but it takes everybody's contribution in order for it to work. Well, and, and there's a there's a difference between a contribution and it been taken from you. I, I know it doesn't, it, it I, I hope people will understand anytime. And, and I'm not telling you don't take a benefit if you're really struggling out there because we've got to find ways to do it uh, more personally. But anytime that money is coming from government to go to anybody else, and we see that this plenty in, in the corporate world too, because uh, you get me going on corporate welfare and it's worse, uh, worse than, than, individual welfare, at least in individual welfare, we are feeding some, some real people versus lying in the pockets of some, some corporatists out there. But what there's a difference. You know, you know what is a, there, it, it, we've always heard it's better to give than receive. And, and you know from giving to your kids or giving to someone else and seeing their reaction that that is more lasting than, than, than actually receiving something. I don't know how many things that, that I, I have received in my life from folks, and most of them I don't even remember. It's like you talk about service. My my dad, my dad is is one of my heroes in my life. But my and my dad bought bought my brother and I a two thousand Wilson a two thousand gloves, which are great gloves, especially twenty years ago. We we had some of the best equipment that you you could play with, and I know that he didn't make a lot of money at that time. Compare you know, comparatively speaking, it's all relative. But he probably thought you're you know, going to be a major baseball player, yeah. and you you going to get paid back later. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he did that, but you know, <laughs> what what I remember is not the stuff that he gave us. I remember my dad, who actually worked for a living, unlike what you call the really what you and I do. It's not like we're back hurting our backs going to work every every day. I mean, we do think a lot and we spend a lot of time doing what we do. My but dad he and brother still do it. So I, yeah, he, I respect hard work. He 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 physically had to be exhausted when he came home. But you know what? I don't remember. I remember him never doing is when my brother and I would ask him to play catch with us or to go to the batting cage and throw us batting practice. And, and dude, he and my brother and I would hit for hours. And and uh, I never, ever remember him complaining or I never remember him saying no. And, and, and that, again, what is that? That is service. And, and for those of you who are just starting to have kids – Please, 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 I know you want to provide them a lot of the things that they want. And, and, and again, it's going to be fun giving that to them. But the number one thing that you can provide them is your time. 
every time I go home, and I'm sometimes tired, and I have two boys that are I, they are the most active kids. They they either are going to keep me younger, or they're going to kill me. One of the two. But when I go home and they want to play ball, there's a few times I say, "Oh gosh, gosh, guys, I'm tired." But then I'm reminded, my dad never told me no. And if my two kids will remember me the way that I remember my dad, I shouldn't say remember. My dad's still alive. Hopefully, he's listening to he'll listen to the show later. But when when I look at, at, at back at my dad, if my kids think half of me of what I think of him, then I have succeeded. And if we're going to tackle big obstacles like like uh, poverty, if we're going to, we have to bring these things back to scale in places where we can do it locally and, and within our churches, within your synagogues, within a mosque. If you're if you're if you're Muslim or or in your community, if you're atheist, you are part of some group. And if you guys would focus on each other, our neighborhoods, and if we did that one little step at a time serving others and doing unto them as we would have them do unto us, we would see things like poverty start to disappear. We would, we would see um, uh, people who, who are really struggling. They have someone to turn to. Um, if they're, if they're uh, rather than turning to some government agency, while it may be created to, to do good things and with, with the best of intentions, there's nothing like the opportunity to serve someone else and see the difference that you make in their lives. Well, and, I'm saying, and here's a here's something too that comes to my mind is whenever you know there's well this kind of uh, 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 there's three parts to this, but uh, when you earn money, you have pride, and whenever you give somebody money, uh, it lifts it. And I, and I know that there are people out there that need it, but you're talking about the government giving people money, you know, on unemployment or or uh, food stamps or whatever. But whenever you give an opportunity for someone to earn that that money, they value themselves higher. And on top of that, at the same time, whenever they've earned something, they are also in that habit of earning, you know. So now you put it on a track to earning, and that's my that's my thing is I don't want to be given anything. Now, the third part of that is one money, which uh, if you go to Vegas or anything like that, one money is better than earned money, but I think earned money is better than uh, money that's given, uh, you know, in there. Because, you know, there's nothing that will humble you. I've been unemployed before. I know how necessary that is. I've paid into it. I deserve my, uh, I need, I deserve my help when I need it. But I feel ten times better as a man when I've earned my money than but I do whenever I was given something when I hadn't actually worked. Right. But, you know, what we see in, here in Wichita, we have a place called His Helping Hands that does help people that, that really do need They don't charge anything for the stuff that they give away. The The one thing that they do require is that those people will, um, you know, they're, they have to be accountable for what they're doing. They have to be trying to get out of the situation they're in. But most of the time, what most, what, the majority, the biggest majority, there are deadbeats no matter what we do. But the biggest majority of those folks really need more of a hand up, not a hand out. And if right. we will do that and we give them that hand up, chances are they will wind up doing the same thing for someone else. Now, there will be others that it reminds me of the, the, the point in Scripture. We only have a couple minutes, so i got to say this one fast. But it, the part in Scripture where there was the, the, the guy that 
there's a man that owned this one really rich guy money. And the really rich guy, uh, the, the, the guy that owed him money went to him and says, look, I can't pay it. I don't know what to do. And the really rich guy felt pity on him and, and forgave him for those things, for the, what he owed him. But the guy that was owed the money turned right around and just pummeled somebody else that did. Uh, I really wish I could finish that story. You're going to have to listen to next week's show and remind me that I, I, I need to finish the story. We're at the end of this show. The number one thing that I think we need to remember that will lead to long-term success, despite all the hard work we will do and all the visualization, all those things, is serving others. If we will learn to serve others and do unto them as they would do unto us, we will find success. If you'll visit, uh, you want to find out more about the Mickey Ellison Show, go to MickeyEllison.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook and read the posts that are on there. Folks, thanks for being on, listening to the show this week. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too.